Welcome to the Franchise You Podcast, where key industry leaders provide education and inspiration. Here's your host, Dr. Kathy Gosser, the Director of the Yum Center for Global Franchise Excellence at the University of Louisville. Welcome to this episode of Franchise You. And with me today, I have Jody Lewin. And Jody is actually a very old friend of mine. We worked together at KFC um, almost 40 years ago, which probably will embarrass both of us, but we have known each other quite a long time. And through that, I've seen Jody just grow their franchise to an unbelievable place where it resides today. He's currently the CEO of Lewin Vantage, which was actually started about three years ago, but the franchise itself started in 1966 with Jody's father, Al. So um, let's talk about that for a moment, if you don't mind, um, Jody. So welcome. Sure. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. It's great to have <laughs> you here. Yes. So um, Mr. Lewin, Al, he opened his first KFC in 1966 in Boone, North Carolina. And that's when the Colonel was still doing the deals, which I think is pretty nostalgic to think about. Um, he had a moderate sized operation with about 11 KFCs until you graduated from college, Jody. And That's so, right. And what's amazing is right out of college, you started as a restaurant manager, right? That's correct. Started as a restaurant manager in Burlington, North Carolina. Funny story too, if I can interject. Please, I mean, please. I'm not gonna tell you how old I was in 1966, but I was young. And uh, I remember uh, my parents had a uh, motel in Boone, which actually was between Boone and Blowing Rock, North Carolina. It was about a 15-unit uh, motel, and he decided he wanted a restaurant. And so he remembered my mother and father went to the University of Miami, and they remembered eating at the KFC, Kentucky Fried Chicken at the time, near University of Miami. And so he decided he was going to go get a franchise. And so he loaded me in the car at a very young age. And at the time, the colonel was in Louisville. He was in Shelbyville, I believe. Right. Right. And uh, we went and uh, I remember my mother saying, you know, don't come back without a franchise. And so my mother stayed home because I have younger uh, sisters and a brother. And uh, we went and met the colonel and we bought our first franchise. <laughs> so that's, that's how it started. That is amazing. You're probably one of the few who have met the colonel in that fashion right at the beginning. Ah, that's a great story. Thanks for sharing. But yep. so... You, kept, you started as a manager, then in 87, your company owned its first Taco Bell. So you became one of the early franchisees that owned two brands, KFC and Taco Bell. So now your growth has continued. You have over 150 restaurants. Um, and I read your largest acquisition in late 2020, 47 Taco Bells in Phoenix. So while right. you still own a lot of the KFCs, your business is predominantly Taco Bell in five states. Would that be accurate? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. And you also have some Pizza Hut Express restaurants and Long John's because, you know, you have to keep it exciting. So that's I got to tell you, I, I got to tell you, Jody, seeing the massive growth of your organization is just really inspiring. Can you walk us through your personal career journey? So uh, I got out of college in 1983 and, uh, you know, like any, I don't know if every college student's like this, but this is the way I was. I, I got out, got my degree in business management at St. Leo University and uh, didn't know what to do. So I came home, 
not doing much. And my father said, hey, I just bought three Kentucky Fried Chickens in Burlington, North Carolina. Would you want to go up and run them? And at the time, he had a restaurant in Bradenton, Florida. Uh, it was a full-service restaurant. And so I was working part-time there as a bartender, serving, working in the kitchen, whatever whatever they needed. Mm-hmm. I remember, this is kind of embarrassing, but at the time, I was making $200 a, a week. Gosh. And he says, he says to me, he says, well, look, I'm going to give you a raise if you go up there and run those restaurants. And I said, okay, I'm going to give you $250 a week. And I'm like, okay, I'm rich. Yes. That's absolutely. a 25% increase. That's great. <laughs> it is. The problem is as a young age, I didn't realize that the state of North Carolina had a seven and a half percent state tax and Florida <laughs> didn't. So, so all that extra money ended up going to North Carolina, but still it was a great experience and I'm glad I did it. And, you know, we were taking over three restaurants that, Needed a lot of help, a lot of work. Um, and, you know, it, it was, you know, you roll your sleeves up and you got in there and fixed what you can fix and hire the right people. And, and you know, as time went on running those three restaurants, I was really starting to enjoy it. I've always kind of been in the restaurant business as a kid. You know, I'd work in the KSEs, you know, in high school and, and help out. But, um, you know, the restaurant business is, you know, to me anyway, once it gets in your blood, it's, it's kind of hard to get out of it. Yes. And, uh, I remember my dad coming to me and saying, you know, are you enjoying this? I says, yeah, I'm enjoying this. I said, but you know, I don't really want to just run 11 KFCs. I, I want to run something bigger. And so I made a deal with my dad at the time. At that time, my dad was, you know, basically doing the construction and he was working with the banks on getting loans. And I told him, I said, look, you do that. I need your help there. And then you need my help running the restaurants, finding the right people and building, building the team. And so that's what I did. And I really enjoyed doing that. And that's what I'm still doing today. That is <laughs> and continue to grow and grow and right. grow. So um, that's, that's so interesting. You know, I remember, so, okay, we might've graduated the same year. We've talked, we've talked about that, but yeah. during that time, it was a tough time in the economy. It was tough to get a job. It was a very different world than it is today. So, and and you mentioned that you thought, why not the family business? Did you ever think about anything else or was being in the restaurants most important to you? I really didn't. Um, You know, I still have a long life thought that maybe I want to do something else once I give up the restaurant business. But, you know, you know, the older you get, this is, Pretty pretty good gig. So great, I'm just continuing great... on as long as long as I can. But yeah, uh, yeah no, there's uh, again, I I didn't really know what I wanted to do out of college. You know, with the business management degree, I knew I fit that with that degree, the restaurant business, and you know, it's it, like I said, it's been been great. So, well, you definitely have been successful. What has been your favorite role along the way? Like if you could do one of those jobs that you've done all your way up the ladder to the top seat, which was your favorite? You know, um, back in the late 80s, you know, managing, being an area supervisor, um, it's very different than what I do today. And so every, every position I've held has been fun and exciting and challenging and something new. And that's one thing about the restaurant business. Once you think you got it figured out, something hits you between the eyes and you're like, oh, I got to solve for that problem. 
like COVID, like we're dealing with today. I mean, yeah. that's been a huge problem in the restaurant business. And uh, so, you know, but back then, things seemed to be easier than it is today. I think the bigger you get, uh, the more complex you're dealing with more people, mm -hmm. um, which is fun, but it, it was definitely easier back then running three, four or five restaurants. Uh, and, you know, you, you are making uh, immediate change in those restaurants because you're so close to it every day versus today, it's harder to make immediate change. You have to, because you have layers to right. deal with all the way down. So, right. As you build that infrastructure, it definitely changes. But, you know, when I look at your infrastructure, some of the folks you have on your team have been with you almost your whole life. So that has to be really fulfilling as well. Yeah, no, it, it really is. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've had people working for me today that started out as a team member are now area coaches or their director of operations. Uh, and, and actually, uh, one gentleman, uh, Craig Bartles is my chief operating officer. So, and he's been in, with me since the beginning. So. Exactly. I've known, I always put the two of you together. So that is so right. true. That is great. Well, y'all have done extremely well. Let's talk a little bit about what you've done within the brand, because you have been such a supporter of Taco Bell and KFC and really demonstrating that support through your involvement in advisory committees. And that work is voluntary. So the fact that you've done that is just amazing. Um, you've given so much to the brands and it's just exemplary work. So I don't know that a lot of people be willing to give that amount of time. So let's start when I met you, which was with your KFC advisory board work. Right. So you OEC. Yes, OEC, Operations Excellence Committee. So we started, um, I, I forget, that had to be in the late 80s, early 90s. And so at that point, um, you started there. What made you interested in being a part of that? I'm so glad I did these advisory committees because I learned a lot. You know, when you're dealing with people like yourself, Kathy, who, you know, I've learned a lot from you. I've learned a lot from a lot of the leaders within the KFC Taco Bell system. And it's actually, I think, made my company better in terms of what I've learned from, from you guys. Because you guys were, were part of a bigger organization. And so things were different than just running seven, eight, 11 restaurants, whatever. Um, and so you incorporate a lot of those ideas that you see and you hear in your own company. So, and then yeah, I guess the other thing that I always feel is that, you know, when you're a franchisee, you, you should give back to the community and, you know, being part of that and giving back and trying to solve problems or issues or, or opportunities, um, you know, is important. And I think everybody, if you're in the franchise world, I think it's important that you give back to that. And I absolutely love that because one of the big um, goals of these advisory councils is that you represent your constituency. So those who have either voted you on or those in your region, you represent them as well. And you represented them very well. So from that from that committee, which you, you sat on for a while, you were actually chair for a while, um, which was a very great year for me. But you moved to the largest advisory council that the brand has, which is the NCAC, the National Council on Advertising Cooperative. Can you talk a little bit about the thing, types of things that are discussed on the largest brand advisory council? Yeah, that, that advisory board is definitely more in depth 
um, than the OEC was. Uh, you know, we talked some, we basically talked about operations and procedures and processes with OEC, but with the big board, you're talking about marketing, you're talking about uh, technology, you're talking about ops again as well, and probably more depth uh, equipment. You're talking about franchise agreements, you're talking about A&E, which is, you know, buildings and, you know, how these buildings look and, you know, how they're, how the throughput of that building is. So you're, you're much more in depth of, of that discussion. And I think that's really good that companies want franchisees input on that because, you know, we're in the restaurants a lot every day and it, you know, we're working these restaurants. We understand the processes and, and the procedures and, it, it, it helps the company make the right decisions on how that building looks or how that building, uh, the back of the house, the kitchen's laid out. Uh, marketing, is it good marketing? Is it bad marketing? You know, I've seen a lot of good marketing and I've seen a lot of bad marketing. Mm -hmm. it's, it's good to be included and at least they're listening to your advice, mm -hmm. I guess. And that's what it's all about. It's an advisory advice board. So. And I know I have seen a lot of great decisions come from those types of um, advisory boards. I mean, it's made all the difference in the world. There's another type of a support group for franchisees, and those are the associations. And KFC has a very robust association process that actually the colonel encouraged, I believe, your association, the Southeast, to start when he sold his business many years ago. And so you right. have been involved in leadership roles there. So would you mind talking a little bit about the role of an association versus the role of the advisory board? So within KSC, the association is uh, more about uh, franchisees getting together and sharing best practices. Um, so we have, we used to have them every quarter, but now I think we're having them twice a year, yeah, twice a year biannually, where we get together in a town in the Southeast and we, we talk about best practices, the company comes and shares, uh, you know, their thoughts on, you know, the next half of the year. Um, it, it's, it's more about getting together as a franchise group and working together to make some things happen. Um, it's also, you know, within a franchise organization, you know, you sometimes you don't agree with the with the company, and sometimes you need that association, the Southeast or the or the National AKSCF, uh, to uh, sometimes uh, have a little muscle with the company. Uh, I guess that's the best way to put it. Mm -hmm. But you know, at the end of the day, what you're trying to do is create a win-win solution and to help each other exactly. Right. So let's change it to a little bit. Now you have been extremely involved with the Taco Bell Advisory Committees. I think you told me you've served on these committees for um, over 20 years. And so I know, yeah, it's a long time. You started on the operations committee. They have subcommittees as well. And now though, you're president of FranMac, which is the Taco Bell Franchise Management Advisor Council. And so your mission at FranMac, again, they want to support, represent, and lead the Taco Bell franchise community and be and to serve as an equal partner. So um, I think that that's a lot. It also, what I read is it works to strengthen sales profits and the value. Let's unpack that a little bit, okay? <laughs> so there's a lot there. First, can you kind of explain the structure of this advisory council? Yeah, so um, you're right. I've been on it for 20 years. I don't know how I've been on it for 20 years. but <laughs> That's a lot about and, you. Uh, and thank you. And 
the advisory boards are, uh, especially Framac, the Taco Bell advisory board, we have different committees. We have the marketing committee, we have the operations committee, we have the technology committee, and we have another committee called the PGA committee, which is franchise relations, uh, A&E with buildings, contracts, et cetera. Uh, and so all those committee chairs, you become a committee chair. It's interesting, when I first got in Framac, my first year, and evidently asked too many questions, or who knows what I did. But uh, as the year after my first year, the future president of Framac, I remember him coming up to a convention and, and saying, "Hey, would you be my ops chair?" And I'm looking at him like, "Who me? <laughs> Are you kidding me?" <laughs> and he goes, "No, I want you to be my ops chair." So I did that, and I did that a long time. Uh, I've been the marketing chair. I've been the I've been everything except the PGA chair uh, in technology. But it's interesting because you have to evolve, and I think people know today that you know we formed another committee called All Access, which deals with digital sales, digital mobile sales, kiosks, uh, delivery, and that's now become a big part of our business. Um, and so, you, again, you have to flow with, you know, the need. And, you know, so this all access, we call it all access committee was formed and it's, it's chaired by another gentleman. So some of the committees stay the same. You're always going to have marketing, IT and ops, but, you know, sometimes you got to flow with different ideas. So Sure. So what do you think has been like in the last year, two years, the single most important accomplishment of Fran Mack? You know, I thought about that and, you know, we've had a lot of accomplishments um, in partnership with the corporation. And, you know, we've done things like uh, we call it T-Ban where, you know, we, we gave them all the national advertising. We got rid of our local advertising, which was better for us anyway, but that's something the corporation needed and wanted. And in return, we got uh, uh, some uh, building uh, ideas. We our buildings were the cost of our buildings were getting to be expensive, and we did some testing on, you know, what does the consumer say about our buildings, and how far do you have to go to to remodel these restaurants? So, and we came to an agreement that you know this was the 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 plans that we need to move forward with, and because of that, it's lowered building costs within the Taco Bell system. Uh, so, you know, things like that pop up. We're working yeah. on today. Uh, we have two big rocks through this year, 2022, and uh, one is called uh, Growth and Prosperity. And Growth and Prosperity is all about building profitable restaurants, Taco Bell restaurants. Uh, Taco Bell's got a little over 7,500 restaurants in the United States today, and we're trying to get to 10,000. Wow. But we want profitable restaurants. And so we've worked with uh, the corporation. We actually developed a uh, a tool. We hired Bain and Company, which is an outside consultant, to help us find white space for development and profitable growth. And again, that was something that both the corporation and, and the franchisees need. I mean, who wants to build a store that's not profitable? Right, right. <laughs> we all have a few of those, but you know, we don't want a bunch. That's right. <laughs> so. That's right. Well, let's uh, switch gears a little bit because Taco Bell, for the second year in a row, is the number one um, franchisor in Entrepreneur yes. Magazine's top 500. So the, fran the Taco Bell model is alive and well and is doing great. 
So when you think about that, why do you think this franchise model has been so effective, especially during recent years? Yeah, I, I think that um, I think the key, and I think the corporation would agree with me, the key to the success of the Framac Committee has been the partnership. Um, that's been huge. You can't fight all the time. You got to find solutions. You got to look for opportunities. And I think that's the big, big success of Taco Bell because franchisees want to be successful and they want to help the brand be successful. Uh, and if they're successful, we're successful. So yeah. that's probably the biggest thing is the partnership. It's, it's been great. I've seen associations that didn't have a good partnership and, you know, the, the restaurants have, have been struggling and, you know, you're not doing as well. Sales are down, profits are down. And when you're always fighting, it, it's, it becomes a huge problem. You got to find a win-win or you got to find a solution that works for everybody. And, and, you know, it, 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 and I think the company at, at least Taco Bell Corporation, they get that as well. So, um, and that's key to have leaders in the corporation that get it and then franchisees on the board that want to find solutions. So. I think that sums up a great partnership is um, having both of them working for the, for the same reason, right? To right. grow that brand and have profitable restaurants. That's wonderful. Let me ask you as a franchisee today, what is your biggest challenge? Oh, today, today it's labor. <laughs> um, it really is. We're having difficulty with COVID and uh, unemployment is so low. It's really getting to be difficult. Um, you know, we're, you know, people think that fast food is, is not a good industry to be in, but, you know, you can, you can look at a lot of the people that work for me that started out as team members and became managers or became area coaches. And, you know, they're, they're making a lot of money. Yeah. Some without even a college degree. And, and I think that's an opportunity for people, you know, to get involved and, and, you know, make a really nice living. And hopefully maybe one day they can get into franchising as well. And they can be their own owner or boss or, you know, at some point I'm going to leave and somebody's got to replace me. So, you know, there's always that, that future, you know, growth within the within it, but labor uh, because of COVID uh, has been probably the biggest challenge today for us. Yeah, I looked on your website and it looks like you have over 600 openings, and some of those openings are you even need more people than just the like a team member. You need way more, but you have quite right. a few management positions. And I'm glad you brought that up, Jody, because what we always talk about in our curriculum is. Franchising is a great career, whether it's working for a franchisor, which we heard in the last podcast from Sophia Swemba in my example as well, whether it's working for a franchisee, those on your team who are doing so well and have fantastic careers or becoming a franchisee or even working in the industry. I'll think about all the suppliers that we need to help us run this model. So um, I'm, really, I'm really glad you said that, but I know that the labor conditions today make it difficult all around and gosh, and just so many things, but it also provides so many opportunities for those. It does. It so does. how would you, if somebody said like, and I, and I have quite a few undergraduate students who have a strong interest in franchising and we have some MBA students as well, but how would you recommend that if they say I'm interested in franchising, how do I get started? What would you tell them? <coughs> Apply. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, just apply and those, those opportunities are there. Um, and you'll grow, you know, if you have your college degree or your master's, I mean, my son has his MBA and he's working for me in development. He also has a real estate license. And so it's really working out nicely. And, uh, you know, he doesn't work for me directly. Can't do that, but he works for uh, somebody within my company. And it's, it's, it, you know, just, you know, you got to love what you do. Okay. And if you don't love what you do, then don't do the restaurant business. Don't be a doctor just because the money's there. You got to love what you do. And if you love what you do, then you'll be successful in life. I believe that. And that's what I tell my kids all the time. So yeah. I have one son working for me and I have one that wants to be a fashion photographer and I have another son that wants to be a boat builder. <laughs> and so I'm encouraging them to do what they love to do. So. You know, it's interesting. So many people in franchising use that word, love what you're doing, have a passion for it. And while you and I share the passion for restaurants, franchising covers so many other industries that there's just opportunity for everyone within this model. And I think that you have said it well. And I know I, I love what you said, apply, because you do have quite a few positions open. And I know that you're looking for some great applicants and maybe one's listening right now. It's right. You never know. <laughs> love to have you. <laughs> but Jody, you've done so much for the brands that you're involved in, your time, your tireless uh, patience with all kinds of things that are coming new. I mean, this whole world of technology has changed the entire landscape of the businesses that, that you're in. But um, you have really demonstrated that you want to help and, and be a part of the solution. And I know the brands are, are thrilled to have you. So thank you for thank this you. time. I want to ask you, and you grew up in franchising, so it's kind of a hard question. The question I ask every guest at the end is, do you, is there anything you wish you had known when you first entered franchising? Now, you were quite young, but when you got out of college and first started, is there anything you wish you had known then that you know now? Wow, that's a tough question. <laughs> I can't think of anything, Kathy. I, I think I think you've got to learn through the experience, and I, I can't think of anything. I'm sorry, I that's just all, can't. That's you know, the all experience right. itself helps you through the whole process, yeah. and you learn as you go. And it's it's. Uh, I think that's the most important thing. If I knew what I knew today back then. Maybe I'd have 200 stores. I don't know. But <laughs> well, I think you're doing quite well, Jody. I think you're doing extremely well. But um, thank you so much. I so appreciate your time. Um, and I know that our listeners have enjoyed you as well. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Good luck, everybody. Franchise You is brought to you by the Yum Center for Global Franchise Excellence at the University of Louisville. For more information on the center, visit business.louisville.edu slash yum cgfe thank you for listening to franchise you